Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 218. Blub, 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 blub. Ooh, Albert, how many tickles does it take to make an octopus laugh? I don't know. How many Ten tickles? Ten tickles. Ten tickles. Oh, that's a lot of tickles. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. Now we can do the die roll, having properly had a joke. <laughs> Thank you for that, Julius. <laughs> <laughs> always my pleasure. Always happy to throw in a good dad joke for the cause. All right. Which I, I am offended by that term, dad joke, because they're perfectly great jokes. I don't know why that, like, it sounds to me like it's meant as a derogatory thing. It is not. Oh, I don't care. I own it. <laughs> I'm a dad and I own my dad jokes. So today, once again, we're talking about games about sea life that are squid related. We're talking about a game called Octodice. This is, I'm showing Julie's the rule book again. This is a, uh, it's a game in the Aquasphere universe. Now, I actually have Aquasphere on my shelf. I greatly oh, enjoy Aquasphere mm-hmm. on my shelf, but Aquasphere is not solitaire friendly. There is a solitaire variant, but it isn't solitaire friendly. Yes. The, um, an unofficial variant. The, and it's an e-game. And how would you describe this game? It's designed by Stefan Feld, right? I don't know if we've talked about him before or not. I don't not think he does really before. solitaire variants so much. No. Well, didn't he do, um, uh, Luna? Luna, yes. that's the one. Yes, that was a Stefan Feld game. Mm. Yeah, so he has a reputation for making games that are point salady. Yes? Yes. yes. I'd say that's his style. Okay. I would say that is the main reason this is a, a Stefan Feld Aquasphere game. It's because it's a point salady dice game. It's a uh, roll and write sort of game also, which is neat. So it's super simple, super fast. Let me let's uh let's just jump into the summary. I will give you the flavor text in the back of the box. Let me read this to you. A game for deep sea researchers who are not afraid of tentacles. That that's all the flavor you get. <laughs> it's not a whole lot. It's a and you know it's a very light game, so that that's what that's what it's like. Let's move on to the uh, rules because there's not much sure. else there. Rules are nice. They're they're small. They're colorful. They're really easy to follow. Um. I learned this game a few years ago. I vaguely remember having a little bit of trouble with the rules, but I mean, it's the sort of thing you get past in a minute or two. They're very simple to follow, very clear examples throughout. Um, it's a short book. What is it? There's like 15 pages total, and there's just lots of diagrams and whatnot. So it's a simple learn game. Rules are quite adequate for it. Uh, theme. Uh, okay. I mean, it's... The theme was obviously pasted on. I'm pretty sure the game was designed, and they said, hey, anybody got a theme handy? And Stefan Feld was walking out of the room, oh, you could use mine, as he left the office or something. That's what I imagine happened. I don't know. It's a cute theme. The icons match a theme and whatnot and all that, but it's 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 very light. It's just not there. It's an abstract. <laughs> I think that at I, least the original board game had more like the idea of having an underwater research station yes was an original one but we are a little bit further than that Mm -hmm. the idea that they claim this is is that you're trying to fix the robots and that's what they claim the theme is i i I question (laughs) how they i question how that works but sure i don't know Stefan said he, he, he could use his theme. And that's how it <laughs> happened. That's why it works. 
just accept it. <laughs> yeah, the uh, it, it's very light. There, there's no theme there, but you know, it, it helps solidify the mechanics and tie things together, like and whatnot. So, so let's Plus move on. It's got to a component. super cute octopus on the cover. It does, yes, and and the dice have octopuses on them, which is great too, right? They're they're little purple octopus on the dice. You can't see. Oh yeah, you can see it there. They're all over the place. So components. So so it's a dice game. So you're gonna get a set of six dice. They're all custom dice. You get three black ones and three white ones. The black ones have numbers, and the white ones have symbols. They all have an octopus on one face. Otherwise. You also get the score sheets, which is a nice colorful score sheet that you're going to fill out as you play. Uh, you get a few tiles that represent your computer that you could advance on and unlock different abilities. There, There's nine tiles, and there's level one, level two, level three, so there's three columns you can go up on. And then you got little cubes to, to mark your, your advancements on the computer track, basically. That's all the components you have. The only thing missing here is a pencil, because it is a roll and write. Once you've got all this out of the box and described, the next thing you do is you uh, move on to the gameplay. Wait, one thing. The dice are wooden. Some people don't like wooden dice. They are wooden. Um, oh, really? Yeah. But I I don't know. I, I think I prefer plastic dice, too. Oh, I don't for sure. have a problem with wooden ones at all. Uh, do I? I dislike that they're lighter. I don't like wooden ones. Yeah, I appreciate them because it's kind of neat. But yeah, but you know, whatever. They're dice, really, and they do work. They were all I've tried them. The so let's move on to the gameplay. Uh, as I said, this is really a point teller game. So what you're going to do is you're going to roll your six dice. You're going to pick two of them and set them aside. Any two, you will roll the remaining four, pick two again and set them aside, and then roll the two again. And once you have rolled the six dice, you can now pick any four of them to use this round. The other two will just throw away and not use. You're using them in pairs, so you're going to take a white die and a black die and use them. The white die will give you a symbol, which tells you what you're working on this round, and the number tells you the scale of it. And each track works differently. For example, if you go for the gems, you're going to get points equal to the number that you chose to keep. All the numbers are either one, two, or three. So if you take a gem die and a two, you're getting two points for that. If you do the gears... The gear, the the then it's not the number that matters, but the color. The I didn't say it before, but the dice with the numbers, the black dice also have colors on each side. So if you do the gear first, you have to do the yellow, then the red, then the blue, and then the green, and finally the white. They progress specifically are worth more points. So when you do the yellow, when you only get one point, when you do the red, you do two. So you want to roll this a lot to get to the high scores. If you roll the computer die, you can advance the computer track, and as I said, that's going to unlock different things abilities or better ways to score and stuff like that on these already existing stuff. Uh, some let you maybe replace the, like a face of a die, whatever. Very simple stuff. Uh, so what it'll let you do is advance one on the computer track, and the number you pick is what level you could advance to. So if I pick a, a one, I can only advance to level one, which at the beginning is what's going to happen no matter what, right? I'm, my computer's at the bottom, or I'm at zero. I could take any number at this point, one, two, or three, and advance to one. Next round, next time I'd have to take a two or three to advance to two, and finally I'd have to take the three. And that's per track. There's three separate tracks. Um, there's also a robot icon, and for that you want, again, the color. The first time you mark off a yellow or whatever color for the robot, you'll get a point. The second time you get two points. After that, you don't get any more points for the robot and that color combination. 
there is a sub die, which you get there when you do the sub is you get bonus points for having gotten robots of the same color. So if you do a yellow sub, you get bonus points for having more yellow robots and whatnot. Simple enough. There's also the octopus faces as I mentioned. You get bonus points for the octopus depending on how many octopuses you have. If you rolled at least two, you're going to get a point. If you rolled three, you get three points. Up to if you rolled six, you'll get seven points. And that's re that bonus is regardless of whatever action you took. So you could get an action and get bonus points for the octopus. So you're kind of trying to manage getting a good action and also getting a couple octopus for an extra point. That is the round. You're going to do that. You'll score with your four dice, and then you'll do the next round. You'll roll again. You'll roll all six dice, pick two, roll four, pick two, roll two, and take whatever they are, score that round. And so are you're going to do that for or that turn. I'm sorry. There's two turns per round. There's three rounds total. I should use the right terms here. Huh? The In the multiplayer game, what's interesting is everybody gets to do something every turn, even if you're not rolling. Let's say I'm playing with Julius, and he rolls his dice. Once during the round, during the two turns we each have, I could take a pair of Julius's dice and use it for an action on my score sheet and score like I would normally. So, And it could be any of the six dice, whether Julius used them himself or not. So you're always watching to see what the other people did to, to choose what you take. And that gets really interesting when you got four players, not so much with two. When you got four players, you know, you're like, the first person wrote and he said, oh, that's pretty good. Do I really want to take that or do I want to take a chance and wait for the next guy to roll and, and maybe it's going to be something better? So there's a nice little bit of a push your luck in it built into that, into that multiplayer game. Um, and so basically I, I said there's a two turns per round, plus you're going to get the two sets of actions from opponents. So each round you're going to get a total of six actions, that, uh, pairs of dice that you're going to score. You will complete that throughout the game, and at the end of the game, whoever has the most points is going to win. That's how, how it works. It's super simple. It's fun, and it's easy. It probably takes 10 minutes to play. <laughs> um, per, per player, maybe, if that. And solo is also quick. So now if you're playing solo, it's a little bit different, right? Because there is no other person rolling. What you do, what they did to change the game up is simple enough. Instead of having two turns and then pick two actions for the other people, you just take three turns when you're playing solo for each round. And you end up getting the same number of actions. Um, which is satisfying. Not quite as fun as that push your luck in the multiplayer game, but still still satisfying. Um, really, that is it. This could be such a short episode. That is all there is to that game. <laughs> um, well, I mean, why had, uh, let's, let's talk about what you think about the gameplay. Right. I, I like this game because it's simple and fun. I've had this game for years and I, once in a while I'll pull it and I'll say, oh, I should, you know, I should get this rid of this game and then I'll let me play it. And I play it and I play it three or four times. It's like, oh no, I'm keeping it. I love this game. Three or so four times fun. in a row? Really? <laughs> it's easy game. It's a fast game. It's easy to play two or three, yeah, four times. It's not hard because it's such a fast like game. It, it really is a, a filler, a point you, salad filler. For me, the, the common question I have with these types of games is, do you feel like you're making an active decision in the course of the game, or is it just whatever the dice give you? So how much decision-making is there involved in the game? I mean, it's all initially driven by the dice, because you got an open sheet with nothing on it, right? But as you start scoring stuff, you now want to, like, like for example, I mentioned those gears. The first gear is worth one point. The second time you get the gear, it's worth two. So now you want to advance those gears. So as you're playing, you're now making choices about what you roll. And which dice you set aside and keep and re-roll the rest. 
So you start getting choices in there, and you know, it's a light game, but they're interesting choices. They're, they're fun choices, and you think about it. And then once you've rolled your six dice and you've got them locked, well, you aren't committed to having used any of those six dice again in the first place. Now you can choose where you spend them. So again, you get to think about those dice again. And do like you, I said, not not deep choices. It is a die game, but but there are there and there are thoughts you make. It's not totally random. Do you ever have issues where you've just rolled poorly and there's nothing to do? That yes, that can happen, but it's not too often. Once in a while, you may get a case where maybe you only have one set of actions because the other things have been locked up or something. Like like let's say I got a lot of robots and yellows, and I already filled up my yellow robots. Well, I can't use those anymore. Or, or gear and yellow again. Yellow's a at least with the gears. Yellow's the first one. I've already did the yellow gear. I can't do yellow gear again. I needed to do red. So that can happen where you just have bad luck, but you have six sizes, not too bad. And there's always the octopus that give you some points if nothing else worked out. Which sometimes that may happen. Like if you got a lot of octopus, like if you got four octopus, that means you at most have two actionable dice. Um, which is a shame. It's not much, but you still ended up getting four points for the for that round for that turn, which isn't so bad because the let me look at typical scores. Right, I keep I've kept all my score sheets. You so keep all your score sheets? Yeah, I just throw them back in the box. No, no need to throw them out. That's actually impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see, thirty-eight. 30, 39, 13. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't score badly. That was a terrible game. 35. So, the scores are in the 30s for me. My my son and I have played recently, and, yeah, he killed me. He always beats me at games. It doesn't matter what they are. Because he rolls better. <laughs> yeah, he just, man, he's got an act for rolling. He was four, and we went to a friend's house to play a game, and he would win that game. And it was, it was a game with the, the complexity and depth of LCR, but he would always win consistently i don't know how he does it <laughs> how much higher in terms of complexity do you think this is above lcr though um this has choices lcr you just roll and take the uh <laughs> take the results and live with it this, Some choices. this you actually does it i don't remember i haven't played it in years isn't it like you roll and you no, not lcr i'm saying this is oh this th- there are not a lot of choices is my feeling for this game there are not a lot of choices. There's also the computer, right? Like I said, they give you action. So if you, you could choose to take the computer or you could choose to go for something else and get points. Um, and if you choose a computer, that can impact what you're going to do after that. Because you might have, for example, in the computer, you may have the tile that says, every time you get an octop- score on octopus, you're going to get one extra point. So now, I'm, now my strategy is going to be, let me keep those octopus instead of trying to go for actions. Because I'm gonna mm-hmm. get more points for the octopus, right? So there's choice there. Again, it's not deep. It's not gonna hurt your brain, kind of deep choices. <laughs> but I, if you I, want a point solid game and you don't want to spend a lot of time or a lot of thinking, this is a bad way to go at all. Yeah, I mean, they're really like I again. I own the original Aquasphere, mm-hmm. and I did borrow a copy of this in order to be able to review over it. Now, the granted that was a while ago, unfortunately, because of the way we. <laughs> have the recording podcast lag time. But when I had played over it, the few times I did, I just didn't feel like there was enough decision-making involved to almost justify its comparison to its bigger brother, Aquasphere, because <laughs> Aquasphere has a lot of decisions to make. It's a, it's your classic Euro Spanfeld game with yes. this, and then I run this, and then another player does this, and you have to 
balance out the programming and the different resources. With this, it was like I rolled dice. Well, there's a pretty obvious two of these that I want. <coughs> so grab those two. I rolled the dice. I don't want any of these. Just grab these two. I roll the dice. Mm. Still don't want any of those. <laughs> Go again. <laughs> and I, I, I shouldn't play against you because I would beat you. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't feel like there was enough meat to it for me. And perhaps it's because, again, I was coming off of having played Aquasphere mm. and then playing this, and it's way up here. And then Octodice goes <laughs> way down here <laughs> in terms of the comparison between the two. So perhaps it's just me being unfair to it because of its comparisons to its big brother. But for mm-hmm. me, in terms of a dice game, it felt really light. Mm-hmm. That that can be an issue. You know, like, how many times do they come up with a game like Ticket to Ride and then there's Ticket to Ride dice game, Ticket to Ride card game, and Ticket to Ride this game, and, and whatnot, or Catan is dozen. Every, every game nowadays comes out, there's the regular game, and there's the light version, and then there's the dice version, and the card version. And sometimes that works, but a lot of times it ends up being disappointing when you get the little brothers. Or conversely, you started with a small one and now you get the big one and you're like overwhelmed because you're used to the nice, fast, light, breezy action of the small game. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's just a, if that's really a good idea or if it's a bad idea. I'm, I bet you it makes them a lot of money. Well, I mean, I think that they do have the advantage that you wouldn't know from the outside of the box that it was Aquasphere because <laughs> the cute. The, the cutesiness of it is not present in Aquasphere. Aquasphere is not a cute game. In fact, I don't really think that the box really represents the components so well because the box has that cute octopus, but all the <laughs> dice are just the dice. It happens to be that they reuse the same octopus icon. They reuse the same lab tiles, but I think that's really the only. I think that's really the only thing that are really reused. They feel very different, other than that. That's funny. The The other game that I mentioned that my son used to be really good at also had an octopus in it. And that one, the, the octopus was the dice bag and you kept them in the octopus. There's a little stuffed animal octopus with dice inside. Mm-hmm. It's a cute little game. Super fun. Octop- it was an octopus, dice, and chips. I had totally forgotten about that until, until you mentioned the octopus here again. Yeah, there's not it. a lot of comparison. The art style is kind of similar, I think. The colors, choices are similar. It's... It's really just a case where, like I said, they needed a theme. Stefan was leaving the office and he didn't look at what he was agreeing to and just agreed to it as he walked out. I'm pretty sure that must be what happened. I almost don't exactly quite think so, but maybe. <laughs> who, who can say? Yeah, who can really say? Um, now, fortunately or unfortunately, this game is no longer actually available. Not it is retail. too. You can get it from Amazon right now for can the you? lower price of $25. Last time I looked, I couldn't find it anywhere. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's out of print. It was print, printed, published by uh, by AEG, it, and it's no longer on their website. It is out of print. There are places you can get it. You can get it from yes. Amazon right now for $25. I don't remember how much I paid for it. Probably 15 to 20 when I got it. I think it was like five years ago. 25 is not too bad. Yeah, and it's also in the BGG marketplace. You might find it on eBay. You could probably find it relatively cheap, honestly. Before you yeah. get an Amazon, you might want to check around. Um, it's around. Yeah. It's a it's a simple, light game. It's quick and fun if you don't have Aquasphere. And, uh, <laughs> and, you if go, you're and it is a, light, a point seller. If you're looking for a light game, this may be up your alley. 
<laughs> yeah, it really is a point tally because anything you do is going to get you points other than pass. That's the only thing that doesn't get you points. Mm-hmm. So, so there you go. That's All our right. game for the week. Super. Well, I think that's about it for us. And have a good night, everyone. Yep. Thanks. Bye-bye, all. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.